we ain't gotta keep this on the low Don't do it fast, we can take it slow Ooh, Show you things that you ain't seen before Before you go, you oughta know I won't be catching feelings Welcome back to another episode of Sink or Swim For the Kingdom, number four I'm your host, Jackson Swim And yes, we're back at it again with a podcast and YouTube video format. Uh, This is going to be pretty cool. Really excited about this one. Um, If anyone has listened to the previous um, podcast before, you will know that we actually uh, never go on script. So the original intention of this podcast was it was just going to be completely candid, completely just full send, you know, whatever happens, happens. And I guess the issue with that is, well, the pros of that, let's start off with that. The pros are completely candid, completely honest. Uh, Editing is super fun to do because you have to do either so much or so little. It depends on what you're doing throughout the day, uh, if you're busy or not. Um, There's also the cool thing about, you know, just really getting the raw motion and the raw story from the people. And I mean, this was intentionally like interview stuff. So just me interviewing someone. But now since we've kind of gotten into this ministry sort of thing um, and spreading the gospel in in an official way, this is kind of interesting because now I feel prompted to prepare and just give God the best uh, that I could possibly give him because I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. So I just want to say again, thanks. Uh, this is sick. And I guess the cons to not having a script is everything's a little bit more, um, like, and so, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Just all the filler words and the things that is sounds super repetitive in the podcast that I always get upset when I hear other people do, but I do it 100% of the time. So, oh, well. Uh, now, I wonder what this thing does on the mic. Oh well, I'm not really supposed to touch that right now. Anyways, um, here's what we got today. We are going to be going through Judges 13 through 16, talking about Samson. So in the last Sink or Swim for the Kingdom number 3, we talked a little bit about Samson as... He is a very important character in the book of Judges, um, and actually just an important character in the Bible altogether. There's only been four births that have been prophesied in the Bible, either prophesied or God has anointed them. So obviously the big one that everyone knows of is Jesus. And then there's three others, and one of those is Samson, which is really interesting. It's almost like this guy's pretty important or something. So as we go into his story, we find that, yeah, he is extremely special. He's a Nazarite warrior that is being ordained by God, and God is saying that he's going to be used to destroy the Philistines. The Philistines had rule over the Nazarites and God's people, so they really needed some some heavy hitting. And this is great because Samson comes in and, you know, he does he does those things. Um But as we go more looking into the book of Judges, we find that 
Samson, with all this great power, comes, you guessed it, great responsibility. And he falls a lot. And we can actually learn a lot about him and how we are to live our lives and not make the mistakes that he made. So we're going to go into that. So first three things that he missed the mark on. So these things that we can learn are don't touch dead animals or humans. Um, Don't drink wine or any grape stuff, fermented grapes. And don't cut your hair. I'm just kidding. That's not anything of what you're supposed to learn from this. Don't drink wine unless you're over 21. Um, Don't touch dead animals or humans, especially if you killed the human. Just don't kill people. Um, And then dead animals, if you're hunting, you got a license, you know, just get your tags, hop in, get in there, get out. Um, And then everyone can cut their hair now. It's, It's a little bit different. But those three things, we'll allude to those. Those are like the Nazarite warrior code. Um... It's just what they all kind of did. Um, and God used that as a means of like, okay, well, let's have a little bit of obedience here. So we're going to get it right into the story. Um, we're just going to go along and go over some points. There's seven, basically six total points that are pretty important about this story. And we're going to be going through all of them as we just read through what's happening with Samson. So... Let's pray and, and get into this thing. Uh, God, pray that you just bless this time that we have. I pray that you would open the hearts of the people that are listening, that you would prepare the words that I'm about to say. Pray that you would be glorified in this process and that we would learn to adapt and get ready for whatever life has to throw at us um, and just give us peace and humility as we reflect on our own life and everything that's going on with that, Lord. And in Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So, first thing that happens with Samson. Samson is a Nazarite, all right? He, God blesses him saying that he will put his spirit upon him and give him, he, he basically blesses him with this amazing strength that he uses in multiple feats throughout this story. So, the first thing that happened with, with Samson was once he grew up a little bit, he started to become a little bit more of a man. He saw this woman down by the river. In a van down by the river. Chris Farley, rest in peace. So he found this woman down by the river and she was looking pretty fine. Um, And Samson's like, I want her, which is essentially almost how it says it in the Bible verbatim. So don't get upset at me. That's just how things were back then. Um, And... He finds out that she's actually Philistine. And there's this big gripe where, you know, you would like to marry within your own tribe. Uh, you don't want to cross marry and, and really dip, dip toes in that water. Um, that was for same for a lot of cultures back then. Uh, it was very segregated in their marriage structure and who they were to marry. And so he went back to his parents and said, hey, I'm going to I'm going to marry this girl like give her to me. And his parents basically said, Samson, we do not want you to do that. Please. How about marry someone within our tribe that is easier and that 
God has ordained. And this is kind of the first thing that we, we find with Samson in his shortcomings is he disobeys his parents. So he doesn't really care what they have to say. And he goes back to the Philistine woman and marries her and actually leads to a lot of heartache and a lot of death. Um, and we'll read about that later on. So why should we obey our parents? Well, I mean, it's spoken to in the word for us pretty pretty clearly. In Ephesians 6.1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then a little bit clearer in Colossians 3.20, it says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. So why are we to obey our parents? Because it pleases God. We want to please God as Christians, and we want to do everything that we can to have less of us and more of Jesus, more of God, more of uplifting and putting him up in our lives. And if pleasing the Lord is one of those things, there's got to be some incentive to obey your parents. And so Samson, he didn't do that, and there were some consequences. Consequences. Yeah, consequences consequences. Thank you. So got that going for you. First point, obey your parents, obey the figures that are ahead of you. It pleases God because sometimes as, uh, and I guess I'm speaking to more of a youth demographic right now, your parents know a lot and their faith, especially they, they know that obedience is key because obedience to parents reflects obedience to God. And we want to be obedient to God. Um, we want to stay on that straight and narrow path. So first point, disobeying parents is not a good idea. Um, obey, just fall in, trust God and he'll be with you. It pleases him. So he will bless you for that. Next thing that happens, next point that we can learn. Honesty. Samson had a little bit of an issue with honesty and this is the situation that happens so samson i believe as he's going back to the philistine woman to marry her a lion comes upon him and so he says shoot there's a lion here i'm gonna die i might as well just kill this thing with my bare hands so god blesses him there and samson kills the lion with his own hands and went to the Philistine woman. As he came back to his parents, he saw that bees had created a honey hive nest in their in the carcass of the lion. So Samson's like, wow, that looks like pretty good honey. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to put that in my mouth and I'm going to eat it. So he does that because who wouldn't want to look at honey? But remember what I said earlier about the Nazarites in their in their code, that they were never to touch a dead animal that is uncleaned or a carcass of a human. So this completely breaks the Nazarite law, and it was a means that God had to teach another lesson, where basically Samson, he then took this honey, and he brought it back to their parents, or to his parents, and gave it to them, and, and they ate it. The issue with this is that Samson lied and deceived to his own parents. And this is obviously something that we are not looking forward to doing in the Bible. 
um, or in life at all. So it says in, ooh, I gotta actually open up the, the word, the living word to get to this one. It was just a really long verse. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. Nice. So, lying and deception are some pretty big stuff. God doesn't really like us having that about what we're going through in our lives. So, in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, it says this. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush to evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. The majority of those things that the Lord hates is lying and deception. So stay away from that. And then Proverbs 2017 says this, Bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be full of gravel. This just goes again to the things that are going to be happening to Samson that we will be seeing. A lot of heartbreak, a lot of heartache, and a lot of pain, a lot of death. So there's a second point, and I want you to just hold on to those points because the consequences will be coming for Samson. They're not necessarily immediate, just like in our lives. Like Consequences to everything aren't necessarily immediate. Um, if we smoke cigarettes, you're not immediately going to get lung cancer. It's going to progressively just deteriorate the lungs and the consequence might happen. It's likely there have been studies that have shown that is highly likely. So don't smoke cigs. Although hot take smoking cigs is like pretty cool. It's gross, but it's pretty cool. There's just something about it. I don't know. That's just me. Mom, dad, I don't smoke cigs. Grandma, grandpa, I do not smoke cigs. Please do not text me worried that I smoke cigs. I know you listen to these podcasts. Please don't say anything. Anyways, lying isn't good. Third thing that we find, and then this is where things start to deteriorate a little bit for Samson. Lust. So, Lust and sexual desires is something that everyone deals with. Um, it is a gift given to us by God that has, it, it's beautiful. Um, sex is beautiful in the right context, um, destructive and dangerous in the wrong ones. So lust is something that men especially deal with, uh, lust of the flesh. And a lot of people in the Old Testament and New Testament and people that we see today they're run just completely over by the lust of their flesh. I mean, you see religious leaders, pastors that have to abandon their church that they've built up from the ground because of an affair. Um, people have had to leave their families in shambles because of pornography. I mean, it is crazy stuff. So lust runs rampant. It is a killer. So essentially, Samson was led by lust to the Philistine woman. When the marriage ended, because the Philistine woman, it was kind of weird. So Samson, after he got married, it was a seven-day like marriage celebration. He told a riddle to the Philistines that came over. There were 30 Philistines that came over. And he basically told them a riddle, and it was about the lion and the honey carcass. And everyone's like, whoa, we want to know the riddle, because we get clothes if you say so. And then you, we want the clothes. 
they were trying to kill Samson. Um, the wife basically like swindled it out of him and she whined and begged and happy wife, happy life. Am I right? And he just kind of gave in and, and said, you, you know, here's the deal. Here's what it is. So this marriage basically ended, um, in a way. And once that marriage ended, uh, one of Samson's best friends took Samson's wife. And that tells you something here that, well, one, a lot of people died from this. All the 30 Philistines that came in to try to call Samson ended up dying. The best friend of Samson, um, he got the wife. Essentially, that, that kind of means that Samson's buddy, he had an eye on his wife. He was also living in sin and deceitfulness. Um, so... That's kind of the issue there. Um, and then what we got is they, but the wife, the wife's father, and then Samson's buddy, I mean, or I know for sure the wife and the father, they were burned to death by the Philistines. So there are some consequences for, for lust. It, it gets you in some pretty bad places. And then later on in the story, We'll talk a little bit more about lust, and that is essentially killer. Um, where Samson wanted to go see this woman, Delilah, my Lanta, I'm sorry, fellas. Samson wanted to see this Philistine, Delilah, um, because, again, he just wanted to have her. Um, and he wanted to see Delilah for who she really was, and he wanted her bad. This led to his deception and eventually his death, Samson's death. Um, so... Here are some verses on, you know, just lust of the flesh and what God wants for us instead. He says in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 through 5, It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own bodies in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. It's essential for us to have control of our own bodies. This is important because God has this amazing thing promised in marriage where sex is basically, you know, the union of two people. Um, it's symbolization of the union of God and the church. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. You, you'll just be able to see some really cool stuff. When it's not in marriage, though, you have these things that come up where STDs, terrible. I mean, life-ruining diseases that are transmitted sexually. It's a scary thing when you're doing things outside of marriage. Um, two, the emotional trauma. When you have sex with someone that is not your wife or your husband, it is essentially, or when you have sex with anyone, it is basically like cardboard being glued together. And then when you break up or when you stop doing that stuff or when you move on to another person, the cardboard that you glued together rips. It rips apart. And then on each of the cardboard, because of the glue that was put there, there's little bits and pieces of the other person's cardboard. You have little bits and pieces of the other person that's lingering onto you and you can never get that off. You, it is impossible. So, don't flip in... Don't fall into lust. It, it is a dangerous thing. And so Samson shows us this. I mean, it leads to his death. No bueno. 
fourth thing. We can't accept the world. We must base our life off of Christ and his promises. Okay, this one involves a little bit of explaining. So, the Philistines were rulers over the Nazarites for in the Judeans, basically God's people, for quite some time now. But they weren't always. God was still in control. In this uh, period in, in Judges where there's cycles of things happening, there were cycles of people becoming a judge, saving his, uh, God's people out of misery, and then coming back and saying, hey, you know, we don't know you, God. See ya, just because of the generations and stuff. So, Philistines were rulers over these people. Samson, basically, after he killed the 30 people from his previous wife, and he then took revenge on the Philistines. He got a bunch of foxes together, um, tied them together by their tails in pairs and lit a fire, like stuck a stick on their tails and lit a fire on it. And then just had them run through crops and basically just destroyed a bunch of Philistine crops. So Philistines got pissed, started chasing Samson. Uh, Samson went up to Etam where he stayed. Etam was just like a, a place um, in the mountains. The Philistines were upset, so they went to Judah and asked them to hand over Samson. And in verse 15, um, or chapter 15, verse 11, oh, crud, I need more background for this. Okay, Samson's up in Etam. The Philistines go to Judah and say, Yo, give us Samson. So the Judeans, they bring 3,000 soldiers up to Tom and go to Samson and say, Samson, we need you, man. Like, we need to turn you in or else the Philistines are going to kill us. And Samson says that, okay, well, at least promise that you won't kill me. And they're like, all right. And then this is this is where the important thing is. In chapter 15, verse 11, the Judeans say to Samson, don't you realize that the Philistines are rulers over us? The Judeans had 3,000 men. Listen to what happens next. Samson gets tied up and is being transported to the Philistines by the Judeans. And the spirit of the Lord comes upon Samson. Once he sees the Philistines, the ropes become like threads of fabric to him. Rips him, gets a donkey's jawbone, and he kills 1,000 of the Philistines. All the Philistines just decimated that were there. My question is, the Judeans had 3,000 men. The Philistines had 1,000. Why would 3,000 men be afraid of 1,000? Because if that's all that they know. They know that they are being ruled over because that's all they've ever known. The world has completely adjusted the way that they have thought and led them to believe that God is not in control. And so this applies to your own life too. I mean, we live in a world where lies and deceit run rampant and people don't believe in the word of God. They don't believe the truths anymore. 
um, things that are very controversial uh, in the Christian community, sin, different types of sin. I mean, we got to wake up because the Bible says something completely different about what we have going on, what's promised for us. We can't believe the lies. We have to go just push into God. Samson knew that. And he killed a thousand men. He had the power to do that. That That's insane. If we believe that as Christians, that God was completely in control, we would be in a better spot. So in Romans 12, 2, it says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. Don't believe what the world tells you. Don't believe those lies. It's not what we're here for. We're here to believe God's will. And what is God's will? It is in the word. It is in the living, breathing word of God. You need to get into it. You need to read it. It's good stuff. So, trust God, not the world. The world will lie to you. That is point four. Point five. Pride diminishes God's promise. So after this time where he slaughtered a thousand people, Samson gave God no credit. <laughs> I mean, it says that the spirit of the Lord came on to Samson and there was just nothing that he, he, he gave no credit. God, he said, you know what? That, that, yeah, that was all me. Like, yeah, you did the karate chop ninja moves to, with the donkey jawbone to, you know, give them the business, but you know, God gave you that power. And he didn't give back to God there. And then pride eventually led to his downfall yet again. Um, sad stuff. Sad stuff. Um, so what does the Bible have to say about pride? This is what it has to say about pride. In Proverbs sixteen eighteen, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Once you start to realize that it is God who is in control, that it is God who has given you these gifts and that it is God who has given you a platform, really whatever. You start to live life in a different way where you're not living for yourself, but you're living for the Lord. Credit is no longer given to you. It is given to God. For example, this podcast, all credit goes to God. Now that I look at everything that has fallen into place and you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. It's just insane how much he gives credit. Like I, I wouldn't be here without the money for this laptop. I wouldn't be here without the funding for this mic. I wouldn't be here without the motivation and encouragement from my friends and family to continue to do this. And God has his hand in all of that because without him, I wouldn't be able to be bold and confident with the Holy Spirit filling through me and be able to do this stuff. I mean, all glory to God. Like, I, I don't want to take any credit. Pride is killer. You see prideful people fall all the time. Don't even need to talk about it. I mean, look at Goliath in the Bible. He was prideful. He was talking his talk. And then a dude with a slingshot comes down and knocks him in the dome piece. And bye-bye. Victory Royale for David. LOL. 
Lol. That's funny. I like that one. So you got pride. Let it go. It's God now. He's in control. Um, the next thing, lust, essentially a killer. We talked about that already. Um, after Samson kills all those Philistines, he goes, finds a prostitute, sleeps with her, then finds Delilah. Um, and she basically is ordered by the Philistines to say, hey, let's kill Samson for real this time, but we need to figure out the source of his strength. So she goes and continues to ask Samson over and over and over and over and over again about how do you get your strength? And Samson eventually breaks and he tells her how he gets his strength. Um, and he's like, it's the hair. I don't cut the hair. Um, they cut the hair and Samson is then taken away. <laughs> the spirit of God leaves him because he broke his vow with God. And they gouge out his eyes and they tie him up and they basically have him for entertainment at the leader's of the Philistines house. Cause I mean, that's basically like a trophy to them. Just really sad stuff. Really sad. And I mean, lust really led to that. I mean, lust can cripple someone's decision-making. You actually lose about 30% of your IQ points when you are getting those feelings, you know, the, the, Ooh, I'm in love sort of thing. Um, those emotions. Yeah. That completely lustful if you don't know it would infect the difference between infatuation and what love is trust me i know because i am 20 years old my hormones are going crazy still right now um not to mention i'm a lover not a fighter yes you know it everyone i do like I'm just weirded out right now. I'm so sorry. I don't even know where I was going with that. Um, essentially, like, lust is, like, it happens. It's temptation. Don't fall into it. You know, we're to be sanctified. We are to be avoiding sexual immorality and that we should learn to control our own bodies. Samson didn't do that. And look where it got him. Pretty sad stuff. And then finally... The last thing, so there's a lot of things that we've talked about that's like, don't do this, don't do that. It Or it's really, I hope that it's showing that you have probably a lot of things that you need to work on in your life. Lying, lust, disobedience to your parents, living by the world standards and not by God's standards. Um, pride. I mean, all this stuff. To an extent, everyone should self-reflect and see like, you know what? Yeah, I, I do struggle with these things. Um, so what is what is that? Like, am I just doomed to fail then? Am I doomed to never understand God's promise? No. And this is the amazing part about Samson. Is that God, no matter where you are in your life, it is never too late to call it to God because he redeems he redeems so good let's go into this so even after samson broke his vow with god and his eyes were gouged out and he was enslaved by the philistines he goes into this temple 
where all the Philistine leaders are and super huge building fits over a thousand people. And he asked one of the servants, can you put me to where I can feel the, the pillars that are holding this place up? And they're like, yeah, sure. You're Samson. You don't have any hair. You're not going to do anything. So he gets lifted up with these pillars right here and he puts his hands on them and he calls out to God. And this is what he says to God. He says this. You see how I'm waiting a little bit because it takes me some time to find the stuff in my Bible. It's so hard to find books of the Bible inside. It's crazy. He says this to God. It says in chapter 16, verse 28 of Judges, Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. And then he says, let me die with the Philistines. The Spirit of the Lord came back onto him. He pushed with all of his might and lo and behold, he killed more Philistines than he did when he was alive. Insane. I don't know how one can do that. That's pretty uh, crazy. Only God is the explanation. And God still listened to Samson when he called out to him. It doesn't matter about our pasts. If you're thinking that you have a very difficult past, that you say, you know what, God could never love me. Look how screwed up Samson was and how much he messed up. God still had favor with him. He still had a plan for him. Like you will be redeemed. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, it says this, But because of his great love for us, it's talking about God, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. There's nothing that you need to do. There's nothing that you can do to be saved. Because God has already done it by grace. It is up to you to believe. It is up to you to accept the promises and this redeeming factor. This amazing gift that God has given through the death and the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. It's whether you want to believe it or not, but it's truth. God listened. And he will listen to you. So I pray that you would just call out to him, call out to God. Thank you for this opportunity, this time, Lord, that we get to be here and talk about your word. Thank you for Samson and what he has to teach us and how you remain faithful at the end, Lord. And I pray that we would remain faithful throughout our entire lives. Thank you, God, for your love. You're a good, good father. In Jesus' name, amen. And there you have it. There's episode four of For the Kingdom on Sink or Swim Podcast. Um, I have officially named the Sink or Swim fan club as Sink or Swim Nation. Sink or Swim Nation. It's a nation. No, but this is for the kingdom. We want everything to be for the kingdom. But we can have a little Sink or Swim Nation in the meantime. So I just want to say thank you. If you're a friend listening, beautiful friends, love them. So gorgeous and inside it out. 
Uh, thank you for listening. I really hope this helped out. Let me know if there's anything that I can do. Um, and if you're a fan, thanks for listening also. But just consider yourself a friend now, okay? You are a part of the crew. If you want to talk about anything, hit me up, let me know. Sink or Swim Instagram. Go on it kind of often. Um, it's been one of those things where I don't like usually going on the gram. But if you have anything that you want to talk about or if you want to share or if you have any suggestions for the podcast or if you want an interview too, we still do interviews. Um, just let me know and we will get right on that. So thank you so much. Be ready for some really cool stuff in the next coming weeks and we will see you soon. I am Jackson and this has been Sink or Swim for the Kingdom. Peace and God bless. <laughs>